0: I saw something on the internet recently and it said there was a CGI sperm sequence that was supposed to be in the movie. (laughs) And some tweet said, my God. So it wasn't in the movie, right? No. Okay. So this is what I'm saying. (laughs) I don't know what was in the movie and what wasn't in the movie. But my first instinct was when I saw the movie. Here, here's when I knew we were in trouble. I knew we were in trouble early because you're making that movie was a whole other ball of wax, which is going to be a whole series of podcasts we could talk about. But uh, when we had our Sunday, we had our Sunday premiere at the Grove. <laughs> and when it's a daytime premiere, it's not good. And I'm sitting there, and I'll never forget it, Larry. I'm in the movie theater. My whole family's there. And they come up with premieres with me before when movies work, movies don't work, or when they didn't even know what the movie would work, you know, But because they're not like us, you know what I mean? But they're like, okay, they know when the crowd works. No, crowd seems to like right. it. Um, and I just remember how loud the movie was, <laughs> how discombobulated it was, and how just literally it was like an anvil. It was like, smash, 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 smash. Just throw the fucking kitchen sink at it. Add another sound effect. Add. So all the beautiful, beautiful. First The first shot of this movie is Scorsese, dude. Like you did the longest tracking shot in a family action adventure. I mean, it's so long. And then all of the time the time we took with that silver orb and ILM to make it so they they were as precise as you were as as you were with 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 the exact shot that you wanted with me with the exact joke I wanted with Greg with the exact you know a- a- aperture and structure of the picture he wanted ILM was just it was like we were making five movies because there are five different departments. They were just as, as precise with with their techno- t- t- the technicians of it. They wanted it perfect, and when the final product came, it chopped all of us up.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, that's what I was saying. The counterpoint was necessary for the nuance, right? Like you can't have zero nuance. Build. You need you need you need contrast, right? You need things to be to be. And you, need, and you need things to shock you and you need things to tickle you and you need things to delight you and surprise mm-hmm. you and you need them to change up. You need them to be quiet so that the things that are loud are really loud by contrast. Mm-hmm. And you need things that will be loud so that when you cut to the quiet, I don't know if you remember when the sequence where the dog is getting the mask and then it cuts to this overhead shot of the fan spinning and you're fast asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts from that to the baby watching. The camera pulls back from the one Friday evening or one of the cartoons and the baby is kind of standing there going, bam, bam, Batman. It's quiet. It's, I
0: know. Quiet. Was that in the original movie?
1: It, 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 well, there are a lot of, the reason that there was, there
0: was always set up and punch with our project. And with the final product, it was punch.
1: Yeah. And the other thing was that, that there was, um, there was, um, uh, there's, like you said, setup and payoff. And there were threads that ran through the film. So there were multiple payoffs for those things. So each time you hit those, you got this sort of, this little hit of, of uh, dopamine, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's the kind of story, good storytelling when you can layer it and you can make it work. Now, I, I will say that, you know, doing, doing comedy is hard enough because you got to have a dramatic structure underneath and then it has to be layered with humor but it can't be outside the margins of the story. Otherwise it'll be too long, right? So the comedy mostly has to be layered into the characters and into the moments. And it has to push the story forward. And occasionally you can digress just as a non sequitur. If it's a total
0: comedy. Yes.
1: Right. If it's exactly like airplane. Yeah. So, but if you, but now imagine doing that, and having a movie where the comedy needs to come from the interaction between the characters, but also from the visual effects themselves. And you have to maintain a counterpoint between kind of aggressive, over-the-type, hyperbolic visual effects with a low-key performance. Otherwise, if everything is screaming from the bleachers, nothing works, right? It's that layer of low-key, kind of ironic, deadpan comedy opposite. It's lines of dialogue opposite... Even when Loki's in the car talking to the baby, it's funny when they're, when they're at, in the climax when they're getting away from Tim and, and, and Tanya. Um, I think those lines are out of the movie. It's also, so good. Also, play, playing moments, um, there was a, there was a, a sort of a, um, I want to say there was sort of a mischievous, almost diabolical aspect to Loki's humor that wasn't in the film, I don't think. Do you remember when Loki... Um, when, when Tim is worried and it's, it's really dramatic. Where's the baby? And he runs, camera pushes to the mm-hmm. crib and he turns the baby over and it's got Loki's face. He says, guess who? Now in the movie, what isn't all there is what's in this cut, which is he then backs up in terror and he gets tapped on the shoulder and he turns around and there's Loki again and he's a businessman with a slick back hair. He looks like... Alec Baldwin from Glen, Gary Glenn Ross or something. He's got like this $1,000 suit on and this beautiful tie. And he's like, he high-fives Tim. <laughs> and Tim kind of instinctively high-fives him back, even though he's just seen his baby with Loki's face. And he's absolutely terrified. And then all of a sudden, all these fingers tap him, right? Tap, tap, Tim. Mm-hmm. And then he hears, Tim! And he's freaking out. Ah, Tim! He looks through his eyes. And you cut to, and there's Tanya in the doorway now. And it's not Loki anymore in the doorway where you just saw Loki a half a second ago. And he says, Tanya, is it really you? And then of course he steps in, No, you idiot, and it's Loki again mm-hmm. with Tanya's wig. And then it cuts to Tim backing up against the window. Now Loki's wearing his regular costume. Walks up to him. Now in the in the studio release it said, Queas, uh, bro, I'm a god. I can shapeshift, I can morph, I can change make stuff from nothingness. Please quit being a douche, right? And it's kind of funny because it's kind of a counterpoint line. I think in the movie, it's like quit being a knucklehead, right? Well, knucklehead isn't funny, <laughs> right? Especially since none of that plays to, to a kid's audience. It's maybe scary instead of scary, funny, right? I recently watched, did you ever see Dead Alive? You ever see Peter Jackson's
0: no, that's like his first thing. That's
1: the most insane. By the way, Dead Alive is, if you've never seen it, you should watch it. It is Peter Jackson's first movie. He did it before the Frighteners, before Heavenly Creatures.
0: I know it's supposed to be insane. It's
1: so insane that it's beyond insane. And actually, there's a couple of things in the de- deleted scenes in Son of the Mask that aren't as insane as Dead Alive, but approach it. But anyway, the horror, my the horror comedy aspect of it kind of doesn't play especially if you when you cut back on like repetition for the sake of creating a sense of insanity like uh inspired lunacy yes if you then cut the repetition out which is escalating right repetition with escalation in the comedy in that moment for example what i described to you with loki where it's shocking and funny and crazy and it builds when you cut that in half it's none of those three things <laughs> And then it's just weird, but weird not in a good way.
0: And our movie was weird.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm just thinking about. But, how. Your, but
1: your gut reaction is that was an entertaining movie. Is that basically it?
0: Oh, a lot more than that, Larry. Okay, I'm thinking of life life things. I'm thinking of like you know because making that movie was a very very. <sighs> I it was. The most, I would, I mean, dude, I've, you know, look at my walls. I've got some great ones here and I've also had, you know, ones you never heard of. Right. And, you know, making that movie was, I would say the most all encompassing piece of entertainment I ever done. Right. I used every part of my creativity from writing to acting, to singing, to dancing, to working out, to learning to box, to, you know, stunts and having John help me out so much and then learning how to work with animals and children and then uh, learning how to, you know, just the the hammer scene at the end with Alan was just so good. It was exactly how you pitched to me in that room that day and you're (laughs) like, it's going to be... And I was like, oh my God, this is like... So pristine, so beautiful. It just, so, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I gave my all to yeah. that movie. Yeah. And I know you gave your all. We, we both, yeah. everyone, everyone did that, that, the whole crew. And it was a lot. There was, we became a family. Like you do become on movies, but we are connected forever. And some of the greatest technicians in our business worked on that movie. Yeah. And I, I'm i like, when I watch it, I, I see the big ending in the arena. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember that alleyway so much. And I'm thinking about like, oh, God, I'm thinking so much. I mean,
1: it's really hard to explain when you when you.
0: I'm thinking of what because I have more thoughts. but Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want
1: it. I'm thinking because hold that thought. I
0: what I'm thinking about is if you know David Glasser, if you know that is
1: David Glasser. Yeah, I don't know how that is.
0: He's one of the biggest producers in town. And sorry, he's no, he's. known him a long time. He, Mm. You know, he did a lot of big movies, but he was Mm -hmm. one of the producers on Django. He said, a movie can be great, but you gotta have the right marketing. And he goes, you gotta have the right release date. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I'm looking at that movie and I'm thinking, because originally it was supposed to come out July 4th of 2004.
1: Or five, probably. Okay. Oh, maybe four. I don't know.
0: Actually. And they said, "Oh, no, no, no."
1: Maybe it was two thousand and five. Yeah. And then they pulled it forward.
0: Yeah. And you're maybe gonna be on something. buses. You're gonna be on this. And had and that summer, their big summer movie was Wedding Crashers, which could have been, which was a great movie. Great movie. And it was a big, broad comedy, and those guys get the cover of Rolling Stone, and our movie gets, but that also could have been a springtime huge comedy or early summer comedy. Yeah. They still could have had another huge special effects uh, comedy. They dump us in early so February, you think, you think and Bradley he- Cooper's born Jamie Kennedy dies. Yeah.
1: I remember I remember Bob Shea... And I'm thinking about
0: this, and then please yeah. say that. I'm yeah. thinking about how that is our audition tape for early Marvel or DC.
1: Yeah. No, it does have the feeling of a, of a Marvel... 100%. Like, a, like, like of a, a, a... Danger, but like not too bent, dangerous. a bent Marvel. <laughs> yes. It could be such a thing, but yeah. And, and an homage. It's definitely an homage. That's the other thing. When you watch the movie, this version of the movie, it feels like what bubbles up from the film... <laughs> is a love letter to Chuck Jones
0: it's a love letter it's it's la- Larry I'm thinking about how I was away for six months I'm thinking about all the different things we did I'm thinking about my driver Hans I'm thinking about you I'm thinking about the baby we worked with everything you're not allowed to work with we did it all in one movie and we did it we pulled it off and and I'm thinking about, like you said, you remember Bob Shane saying what? I'm thinking about my stardom that could have been. I'm thinking about I wasn't wrong. Like, honest to God, right now, you just lifted something from my spirit. <laughs> because I know how many people wanted that movie. And I know how many people were scared of that movie. And when I took that movie, a lot of people thought that was a risk. But it wasn't with the cut you did. Because I know your abilities. You're one of the smartest, I don't know, you might be top two smartest people I've ever met. No one knows anything about you like that. MIT, Harvard, USC. Those are just three of your schools. Yeah. I know what you can do. And then the animals come in, and they just fucking take it away.
1: I remember hearing the feedback from Bob, who was the chairman of New Line saying when he saw the first dailies, and it's a scene where Loki is a salesman, <laughs> vacuum cleaner salesman, and he's like, "It looks like a Tim Burton movie." Now, it it isn't a Tim Burton movie, but that was his sense of the dailies, and he was so excited, apparently. And I do have to say, we did a we showed a cut to him in July, this would have been July, so before this was September. The cut that I showed you it's exactly, like Tim
0: Burton. That is, there's Tim Burton flavoring.
1: Yeah he said that and then i remember somehow the we the opening the the setup in the first act got recut and restructured for a cut that was shown to bob and it was missing some he said it doesn't have charm in that first part and what you saw tonight was not that it was the version that i think when i look at it has charm i mean i i thought between the relationship between you and Uh, your character and the character of Tanya, you guys did some improv and I remember you guys doing it. I remember you talking about those exercises where you react to the other actor and stuff and all that stuff you guys were doing in rehearsal that played and. Meisner. And it got, it got pulled like that, those moments where you talk over each other and it feels real and, and cute. It's all, I mean, I watched, um, some romantic comedy recently, there, uh, Mila Kunis and what was it, Justin Timberlake, ten years ago, uh, friends, friends with benefits or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember what the movie was. And they had you know charming, good, charming moments, but 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 it let it breathe. The scenes allowed that to breathe. I think the impetus here was get to the kids stuff quickly, where there's a crazy baby fighting a dog, you know, as quickly as you can. And what that, what happens there is that you then shortchange the relationship stuff that gets you more emotionally invested and charmed by their relationship.
0: Why do they want to do that?
1: You know, it was here's the thing. When you make one of these movies, you're not editing the movie. You're editing some crazy pastiche of things which are half done. None of the effects are done. Exactly. It's all hand drawings. You don't know. You have to use your imagination to understand. And nobody, ha- when, you, when you watch something to consider it, it's much better to just let it wash over you, right? Well, you can't let it wash over you. You have to do active thinking to imagine what's supposed to be in this shot and what's supposed to be in that shot and what's supposed to be in that shot. And so you get a movie that's like a checkerboard with holes. It's like, it's like a painting with holes all over it. And you have to be smart enough to imagine what's going to be in those holes. Now, when you're the director, that's what your whole job is, to imagine that. And, you know, the editor and so forth, but largely the director. When you're just watching it to let it wash over you and get a reaction, like, ah, that doesn't work. Oh, that's not fast enough. Oh, that's not good. Well, wait a second. Nothing is done. Half of it isn't even done. Mm -hmm. And you're having me abridge things that I know are going to play once they're filled in. But they're not filled in yet. So it's like, get to the point, get to the point. And then you end up with this crazy parallel. It's like um, it's like trying to solve something in parallel versus in series, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, rather than doing a step-by-step approach where you can creatively get to the best version, you end up throwing shit against the wall <laughs> in, in parallel, because you have to, you have a release date that was pulled forward, and you also have—I I believe it was—I'm not 100% sure about that, Jamie, but I think it was. You could be right, and you might have known about that. It was supposed it to be was. July 4th. Okay, so then, so then it was pulled forward to, to February. So, so basically, you're rushing to do that, and you don't have the chance to let the thing breathe and simmer and marinate in kind of the creative <laughs> process of doing that, where you iterate and you. You you actually optimize the movie. You watch the cut. And as the effects are coming in, you try things. You you massage it. You tweak it until you get it just right. And instead, what you end up with is a painting that has where there's a square missing. You stuck a triangle. And where there's a circle missing, (laughs) you stuck a square. And then you look at the painting. And it's like that painting where that woman tried to repair some famous painting from the 1300s. I don't know if you ever saw this picture. But she was not an artist. She was a woman who had no artistic talent and she was in the church and one night she tried to repaint like a famous fresco from like, you know, 700 years ago or whatever it was. And it's horrendous. Like you can see it online. It's hysterically funny to see it. But what ends up happening is you end up like piecing together this pastiche and it doesn't play and you got to handle these things with care to make them work tonally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to have a certain amount of emotional connection. You got to have a certain layer of comedy you have to have irony i mean if it's this kind of comedy you have to have visual effects that are stimulating but they have to change up in a way that escalate you have to have all this stuff and to build that sort of structure and it's a structure in time right it's a dynamic structure it changes in time and to get that right you know is a huge it's a tall order